Good morning, good morning everybody. Today is May 1st, 2022. Today's lesson is about glory of the new covenant. The lesson text today will be 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7 to 18. Now I would like for you to also jot down some of these other scriptures, which will be Exodus 34. Uh, verse 29 to 35 and 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 13 to 18. Before I begin the lessons I want to welcome you to New Fellowship Missionary Baptist Church of Newark, Delaware where our pastor is Pastor Dontel Hall Sr. and the place with love abides. Today's lesson um, again is about glory of the new covenant. Before I begin, I'm going to just open up in a quick prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for allowing us to see this day. Heavenly Father, I pray that those who are listening right now will be blessed and that their family will be blessed. Heavenly Father, again, thank you so much for all that you do in our lives. God, we love you, we adore you, and we are magnifying your holy name. All this I'm asking, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So follow with me, if you will, if you have your Bibles, your apps, whatever you may have. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7. We're going to read that to verse 18. So I'll begin. Uh, But if the ministration of death, written and engraven in stones, were glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses, for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. Verse 8, how shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? Verse 9, for if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more do the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. Verse 10, for even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect. By reasons of the glory that excelleth. Verse 11. For if that which is done away was glorious, much more than which remaineth is glorious. Verse 12. Seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech. Verse 13. And not as Moses, which put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not see steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished verse 14 but their minds were blinded for until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the old testament which veil is done away in christ verse 15 but even unto this day when moses is read the veil is upon their heart verse 16 nevertheless when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Verse 17, Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And verse 18, But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now today's lesson, again, um, just a quick little introduction of what this lesson is about. 
It's about the old covenant that Israel was under was built around the Mosaic law that God gave to the Israelites in the wilderness after their exodus from Egypt. This law was binding until Christ came and ushered in the new covenant which we are under today. The Jews were devoted to the law and cherished it. And you can also cross-reference this in Psalms 119, verse 43 to 48. Now, under the new covenant, the law is still important in that it also expounds on holiness, but we are not bound by it. Now, there were problems with the law. It demands absolute adherence and obedience to its provisions. Now, the law thus showed the people their sin, but it provided for atonement and forgiveness in only a limited way. It also appointed ahead of God's ultimate solution for sin, but did not provide that solution itself. Now, the new covenant, however, it set aside the old and revealed the fullness of God's grace and mercy. Now, since we could not satisfy the demands of the old covenant, Jesus fulfilled it for us and gave us a new covenant that reconciles us with God by grace through faith. The new covenant is not about keeping a set of rules, but about trusting and loving the Lord Jesus Christ. So that is more so an introduction of this lesson. So the spiritual is more real than the material. Everything that is visible around us has been created by the invisible God and all that happens around us is influenced and ultimately determined by the unseen spiritual focus beyond our perception. Think about that for a moment. Now, Today's lesson will draw a contrast between the temporary old covenant of the law and condemnation and the eternal new covenant of grace, forgiveness, salvation, and eternal life. So let us begin talking about um, the stone versus spirit. And you can follow along with this from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 7 till 11. Now Paul begins the section by contrasting what he calls the ministrations of death, which is verse 7, with the ministration of spirit, which is in verse 8. Now he also describes the first as written and engraved in stones. We know he's referring to the old covenant of the law and comparing it to the new covenant of the Holy Spirit ministry in regenerating sinners through the gospel and sanctification or satisfying them into saint. Now, don't get it twisted. The old, the old covenant was glorious. So glorious that the Israelites could not hear or could not bear to look at the temporary glory of Moses' face after those times in which he had met with the Lord. Now you can cross check this in Exodus chapter 33 verse 23. 
Now, Paul points, however, is this. He says, how much more glorious is the permanent and external new covenant of the Holy Spirit? The word translated rather in verse 8 can be and more often is rendered as more. This is an essential idea in the doctrines of the new covenant than than that is often neglected and devalued. Namely, that spiritual reality is more real and therefore more important than the physical and material reality of this present world. Now, as those who are still bound in this earthly existence, however, we often have these priorities backwards. We value literal and material of this present time as what is really important while holding what we think of as merely spiritual and lesser esteem. Now we can see this is the areas of answers to prayer and interpretation of prophetic fulfillments. Now regarding answers to prayer, we often entirely overlook the spiritual benefit God bestows on us if we perceive that he has not answered our prayers materially. For example, and here's an example I can give you. If someone prays for relief from illness and God answers his prayer by giving him the spiritual blessing of patience, grace, and comfort in the midst of it instead of taking his sickness away, Many are tempted to conclude that God has not answered his prayer and has abandoned him to his suffering. Now, let's think about that today. And I know I have, and I'm pretty sure some of you have, have prayed to God and asked God for whatever it is that you may have asked God for. And you kind of look like or or look back on it and say, well, mm, that prayer wasn't ever answered. Because it didn't come the way you thought it should come. You know, I've had the sense, man, if I was rich or if I ever hit the lottery. Well, for one, you can't hit the lottery if you never play the lottery. And I'm not condoning playing the lottery because I don't play it. But what I'm saying is, what if God blessed you with a job? And you may not have a whole lot of money. But when you look at it by the end of the day or by the end of the month, your bills are met. You didn't win a whole lot of money or you didn't get something of what you may have wanted, but yet you are blessed and you are blessed because God is still allowing you the health and strength to get to where you need to be, to make the means to take care of your family, to provide for you. And God will provide. Sometimes we got to look at it from a spiritual standpoint and say, you know what? God is blessing me because I am still When I look back over my life and I think about what God has done for me, I'm blessed. And regardless of whether or not the prayer may have come in the way that you may have thought it should have came. But when you look back over and realize, hey, I'm blessed. So as far as the area of a prophetic, um, you know, prophetic fulfillment, If a Bible commentator sees a certain prophecy as being fulfilled in a spiritual sense, he can roundly criticize for spiritualizing the text. 
often without receiving any consideration for the possible merits of his interpretation. Now, for as the modern church needs to be aware of this potential dangerous blind spot, we can all too easily lose our proper high esteem for the spiritual realities that Jesus and the apostles held as paramount while fixing our expectations against exclusively on the material world. Now, granted, there is a long history of illegitimate spiritualizing by various cults and liberal scholars, but the vital truth remains. The writers of the New Testaments all held the spiritual realities of the universe as more important than the visible and the material realities of this present world. So we must resist the appeals of the enemy to remake our worldview into a primarily material one. We must tenaciously maintain our identity in a fallen world as a spiritual people whose God, true riches, and citizenships are in what is now the invisible realm. Now, as we are reminded elsewhere, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that thing which are seen were not made of things which do appear. And this is Hebrews 11 verse 3. You can also cross-reference check this in 2 Corinthians verse chapter 4 verse 18. Now we're going to talk about the veil glory versus full glory. This is in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 12 to 18. Now, having established the superior glory of the new covenant over the old on the basics of spiritual and eternal nature, Paul presses on with the logical implications of this truth. Number one, because his hope is based on the eternal realities of the new covenant, He does not need to speak in riddles to veil the glory of his doctrine. Now, as Moses veiled his temporary shining face, Moses' face is veiled because the glory of the Mosaic covenant was a fading glory, destined to be abolished at the coming of the Messiah. Now, Paul, he explained that this is why many of the Jews are so blind to the glories of Christ because there is a veil over their understanding of the scriptures. But even now, whenever a Jewish person's heart is turned to the Lord, the veil is lifted and the full glory of Christ floods in. So the Holy Spirit uses the plain truth of the gospel to bring true liberty and eternal life to those who behold the eternal unfilled glory of Christ. Now, that is something that, you know, many of us, when we see somebody that come to Christ, that's a beautiful thing, especially when you know from whence they came and how they were, and to see them accepting Christ in their life is a beautiful thing. Now, the golden text, which I didn't mention earlier, But the golden text was now the Lord is that spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. This was 2 Corinthians 
verse 3, chapter 3, verse 17. And this whole, the golden text really is the heart of this chapter as it contrasts the old covenant with the new covenant. You know, we know that the old covenant was engraved in stone, written by the very finger of God, but it could not save no one, not even Moses or the high priest had the power to perfectly fulfill the stringent moral codes established by the Lord in his holy law. We know that under the old covenant, Moses could not even sustain the glory of God in the presence of the people. You remember when the Israelite worshiped the golden calf. When Moses came down from the mountain with the law, he witnessed his gross idolatry and the furiously shattered the tablets. Later, when God inscribed a new set of tablets, Moses was unaware that his face was shining with the glory of Yahweh's presence. Yet, it was a splendor that eventually faded. In fact, they said Moses hid his face with a veil so the people could not see the glory fading. You can also see this in Exodus chapter 34, verse 29 to 35, and also 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13. God's law through glorious is unable to save anyone. The commandments are holy and righteous and good. This is, can be found also in Romans 7 verse 12. Now yet they can only reveal sin. They cannot solve the problem of sin. The law results only in condemnation for no one can perfectly fulfill it. And the wages of sin is death. Romans 6, 23. Now, if we're using Exodus chapter 34, verse 29 to 35, as an illustration, Paul also writes that those who strive to be right with God by following the letter of the law wear a veil over their hearts, a veil that blinds them to Christ who has established a new covenant when a person by God's grace trusts in Christ. The veil is taken away and the new covenant shines clearly imparting freedom. And there's nothing like having spiritual freedom. It's a great theme in Paul's letters. Romans 8 verses 15 to 21, 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 19, and Galatians 5 verse 1. Now, Paul was not given license to the Corinthians to do whatever they wanted. There was already too much of the wrong kind of freedom at Corinth. Since some church members were shining, or not shining, but sinning openly, freedom to transgress is not genuine freedom. But Jesus himself declared that whoever commits sin and a slave to sin this can also be found in John 8, verse 34. What then is spiritual freedom as defined by the Bible? It means at least four things. So I would advise you to write these four things down. Number one, freedom from adherence to the ceremonial law under the old covenant, such as circumcision, sacrifices, and dietary laws. 
For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. And that's Romans 10 verse 4. Number two, freedom from the power of sin for sin shall not have dominion over you for ye are not under the law, but under grace. This is Romans 6 verse 14. And number three, freedom from the fear of death. There is therefore now no condemnation for the, to them which are in Christ Jesus for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus have made me free from the law of sin and death. This is in Romans 8 verse 1 and 2. Also Hebrews 2 verse 14. And lastly, number four, freedom to joyfully serve. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. Galatians 5 verse 13. Jesus made the startling announcement in Nazareth that he had come to set the captives free. This is, you can cross-reference chap, um, Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Now through the power of the Holy Spirit, that freedoms continues in all who believes. So, with all that being said, this lesson to me was awesome. And I want to leave you, um, you know, with a few practical points number one in the old testament god's glory made moses face shine but the glory of the holy spirit dwelling in the new testament believers is far greater second corinthians chapter 3 verse 7 and 8 in christ through the holy spirit believers have the power to glorify god before the whole world through their humble love and service verses 9 through 11 and again this is 2nd Corinthians now since we have the saving power of Christ in the gospel we have no need of worldly sophistication verse 12 many cannot understand God's words because of their worldly proud and traditions verse 13 through 15 the gospel has power to soften the hardest of hearts and open the blindest of eyes. Verse 16. Believers experience more and more freedom as we become more like Christ. Verses 17 through 18. Again, this lesson was amazing. You know, it gave us a good um, contrast between the old and the new um, covenant. You know, engraves and stones was glorious. Talked about that in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 7. Also, the glory that excelled, which was verse 10. You know, so again, the heart of the lesson, now that the Lord is that spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So again, I want to thank each and every one of you. And in concluding this lesson, just realize this. The spiritual reality of life in Christ is more real than the material world. 
This is an essential doctrine of the new covenant and we are believers in Jesus. It should dominate our thinking and our worldview. Spiritual blessings should be far more highly esteemed among us than physical ones. For that which is spiritual is eternal, while that which is of the this earth is temporarily and fading away. So again, thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week. And the lesson will focus on the blessings that await all believers in heaven. Our physical bodies will one day become obsolete. When that time comes, God will provide us with glorious eternal bodies. So until next time, be blessed. May heaven smile upon you and talk to you soon. God bless.